Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and I know last week we talked about taking control of your finances so that you can build your homestead dreams without the loom of that money monster. And one of the things that came out of our early on budget meetings was a little bit of healthy competition, like how much can we sell like in the local classifieds that this month compared to the last or you know how much can we make in the yard sale or how much cheaper can we make the grocery you know shopping or how many weeks can we do on the store cupboard challenge and oh how much can we save this month from reducing bills and costs right especially sort of now we're hitting summer right how much can we uh, reduce the electric bill with the ac and stuff like that and having a homestead even one in the suburbs is a really great proofing ground to test your self-sufficient and frugal living skills. So today I wanted to give you creativity some food for thought on these 12 homestead money-saving ideas. So let's dig in. Number one is save seeds. Now I had to put this one first because this is one of the bigger ongoing costs to a gardener or a homesteader and saving seeds is very low cost and you don't need a bunch of fancy tools if you release worries about maintaining varietal purity or trying to keep the same variety and stop cross-pollination with other varieties that you're growing. Um, You can check out some of the previous podcast episodes I've done about seed saving um, and seed supplies I've also got plenty of things on the blog post and I will make sure to link those up in the description for you. Number two is making your own cleaning supplies. So things like reusable spray bottles and simple ingredients that you can buy in bulk like white vinegar um, and distilled water make really great cleaning products for so many surfaces. Um, You can also up the DIY cleaning supplies by making your own dusters and cleaning cloths from old t-shirts and old towels i still remember um that a number of jersey cotton underpants becoming part of a cleaning rag supply in my childhood i'm really not likely ever to forget helping my granny clean the brass ornaments and stuff that she had in the house with what used to be my granddad's skivvies right (laughs) i mean i'm laughing about it now because i'm just kind of remembering it i'm like looking at these things i'm like were these granddad's boxes? And my granny's just like, they're clean, it's fine. (laughs) So, you know, make sure that you run your old clothing and towels that you're going to be using to become cleaning rags through the washer on a hot cycle to dry them first. That helps kind of pre-shrink them. And, um, you know, you can sew them up to make them pretty if you like. Um, I mean, who says that cleaning supplies need to be dull? Or you can just kind of cut them up and use them as rags. And, you know, when they get heavily soiled, you know, you don't necessarily need to to keep them. um, But you can wash them and reuse them. And speaking of reusable, that leads me very nicely onto item three, which is switching to reusable. And, okay, I'm not talking about going totally paper product free here. Although I know at least one person listening to this podcast ditched the toilet paper and went reusable during 2020. And if you did, please let me know how that switch went. I would love to know. Bog roll is expensive, yo. And I, you know, I've really sort of thought about, you know, going um, down that route because I can see there's a lot of benefit to it, um, especially, you know, if you're moving 
you know, out um, into the country or you have a septic system, right? You know, toilet paper, um, you know, you're kind of um, uh, limited to the types of toilet paper and stuff that you can use. So I'm really curious um, if you have gone um, down the reusable toilet paper roll, I would really like to, to know how that went for you. Um, but I'm not just talking about toilet paper when it comes to switching to reusable. Replacing disposable products with washable reusable ones not only helps your wallet, but the environment too. Um, I've made pretty reusable unpaper towels with old towels right the ones that um you know were kind of faded they had hair dye on them right they they'd become the dog towel right you know for when you're bathing the dogs and stuff and now they've just kind of gotten so old that they're you know now only really fit for um you know, kind of cleaning up stuff. But, you know, just because they were looking kind of manky on one side didn't mean that I couldn't pair them with super cute printed cotton fabric that I already had in my fabric stash. And they work really great for spills. I can wash them on a hot wash and keep them clean. Um, you know, unpaper towels are really great. Um, really, the biggest thing for me is having to train my family to use the unpaper towels rather than keep buying the paper towels. Um, so a little bit of training there. So top tip if you are looking to move to unpaper towels you know try and get your family on board with what they are and what they're used for um, as well as you know kind of my family have a habit of sort of leaving them where they're wet and in the sink and then they kind of you know get a little stinky and that's not a pleasant job to then have to you know carry them downstairs to the basement to put them in the wash so kind of getting people in the habit of hey you've used it put it in the wash is going to help that process be a a little bit easier for you just just as a, a tip there um but yeah unpaved towels work really great for spills you can wash them you can you know help keep them nice and clean and sanitary by running them on a hot wash and cloth napkins are also super easy to make and you can do those from things like old sheets too um thrift stores and charity shops have bed linens usually at a fraction of the cost of things like tableware um you know like tablecloths and stuff like that and you know you can make Make so many nap cloth napkins and handkerchiefs and stuff from a sheet and you probably maybe paid one or two dollars for it and you will have enough you know to get give them away to people same with towels towels seem to be incredibly cheap at a thrift store and if you you know make sure that you give it a really good you know wash on a hot wash cycle um you know or if you've got like a sterilized cycle in uh, or sanitize cycle on your um, washing machine that's going to really help you can also get products that kind of help with you know sanitizing and stuff if you're worried but again these are going to be things that you're kind of mopping up spills and stuff on you're not necessarily going to be um, using them to to clean yourself so um, you know I definitely recommend um, you know thrifting if you're wanting to look at some of these things and you don't have you know towels that are slowly disintegrating like I do um, one of the things that I will say is, you know, your limit is really your imagination and homemade reusable products don't need to be boring. Um, I made my husband some handkerchiefs and I embroidered some cutesy designs on them and sayings that I knew he would find funny. And I did that all by hand. Like I didn't bust out the embroidery sewing machine or anything like that to do, do that with. So it's something that you can do even if you don't have like a lot of skill, um, to make. 
And, you know, if you've got a friend with a sewing machine, it's a nice, nice way to kind of spend time together is making some of these, you know, reusable products together. And I mean, I've said it before, you know, you can pick up sewing machines really inexpensively now. And, you know, with a little bit of know-how, I mean, you know, YouTube's great. Um, you know, you can learn how to, you know, get an old sewing machine up and running again. I mean, I've picked up sewing machines um, for less than... $50 and they are workhorses. They work better. Like my old vintage sewing machines work better than the heavy duty sewing machine that I paid like nearly $300 for. Like they work better than that and they cost like less than 50 bucks. I have a sewing machine from 1956, 57, somewhere around that. And it's like built in a little cabinet and everything. And I paid like $25 for it. And it was on a local classified. And it works like a dream. It sews really well. So when you've got like thicker things that you're trying to sew together, like mm, a piece of towel and um, some cotton cloth, like these things work so much, so much better. So that's something else to to consider. Um, but also, you know, you can buy them online if you're not necessarily wanting to make them yourself. However, you know, living in the spirit of a homesteader is really kind of making it yourself, right? Um, and uh, living a little bit more frugally. So, you know, definitely um, look to make it yourself. And you don't need a sewing machine. You can totally sew some of these things by hand, um, you know, or you can use like pinking shears um, to kind of pretty up the edges and not even have to bother sewing. Um, I mean, you'll get a little bit of fraying um, eventually, but, you know, that's that's something um, for you to think about as well. If you're really um, afraid of um, sewing and making them together, there are ways, there are definitely ways that you can um, use to, to help um, have those um, reusable products without, um, you know, kind of fearing the sewing machine too um or just get a friend like get a friend who's really good with sewing machines and see if they can help you make them all right number four is making your own laundry soap and i've done this a few times and i actually quite enjoy doing it it just takes a little bit of time and i much prefer powder laundry detergent it was probably how i was raised like they used a lot of powder laundry detergent um, back home um, but I've made my own liquid laundry detergent too like five gallons of it and it worked pretty well um, there's a lot of information that's out there on DIY laundry detergent laundry soap even fabric softener um, and I think most homesteaders make their own at some point um, so if you have and you loved it um, why not share your favorite laundry soap recipe in the Facebook group so another um, suburban homesteader can um, try it and see if it works for them. All right, number five is growing an in-ground garden. Raised beds can be expensive. Um, they definitely can be expensive right now. Have you seen the price of lumber? Oh my, oh my, it's expensive. Um, and I mean, luckily... Uh, my husband bought wood for a trestle table that we're building um, for our dining area like a couple of years ago and it's kind of been sitting in the shop while he was working on you know 
building kitchen cabinets and all the other remodeling stuff that we've had but right now if we were going to go ahead and do that like the price of lumber is insane um so building raised beds definitely an expensive activity right now um but you totally could use reclaimed lumber if you can be sure it's free from heavy metals and other nasties that you don't want in the garden or you could just opt for using rocks or bricks but really the cheapest garden is one that you grow straight in the ground dig out the weeds to clear the growing area of soil add in some compost and get growing right that's the easiest way to grow a garden it's also the cheapest especially if you combine it with seeds right that you've saved or you've um, been given some seeds from somebody else right that's that's a brilliant way to free food right there just a little bit of elbow grease and time and um, you know you've got a garden growing all right number six is making your own fertilizer now really ditching the commercial organic fertilizer if you're reducing costs and making your own is a really smart move um organic you know and unrelisted products are more expensive right that's just kind of how it is like in the grocery store organic produce is more expensive because companies have to pay to register these products as organic there's a whole certification process that they have to go through so you know the company's got to recoup those costs um, which is why it's a bit more expensive and the more people buy these things you know usually um, the cost should go down um, but you can totally make your own fertilizers comfrey right that poster child plant of permaculture it makes an amazing liquid fertilizer right you can pile the leaves and stems in a bucket right just put, make sure there's a hole in the bucket at the bottom or you could put a tap on it if you're fancy like a little faucet um just pile this bucket with with leaves and stems right cut it back after it's um flowered and before it seeds and it'll you know shoot everything up again it'll grow again um but yeah stick it all in this bucket and then put some bricks or something on top of the the leaves to weigh them down and what will happen is those leaves will start to break down and you'll get this like dark liquid that um is produced at the bottom and you want that to drain off into another container. So you wanna place another container underneath the bucket to collect the liquid, and then you just dilute the liquid that comes out a little bit into a watering can. You don't need a lot, it's pretty concentrated. Um, alternatively, you can put comfrey leaves in a bucket of water and leave that to break down over a few weeks and then dilute that into a watering can. Either way, it stinks, but the plants absolutely love it. And and they grow so nicely when you give them like a little a little um, feed from your own fertilizer. Some other great fertilizers you can make at home are seaweed, especially if you live near the coast. Um, banana skins make a really good one. Um, compost tea. And you can totally put all the weeds out the garden into a lidded bucket of water for a few weeks and make what I like to call gardener's revenge fertilizer um, because all of those weeds that you've pulled out of the ground they've got nutrients in there that you are then going to be putting back into the soil um, that's then going to help feed your garden so that's like a really great way to use what you already have in the garden to feed the garden right that's that beautiful closed loop cycle that we have um, going on which is uh, one of those um important things for permaculture gardens um, and also these kind of 
um, intensive gardening methods as well. All right, number seven is compost. Composting is the best way to build your soil. I can't say enough good things about compost. Um, I've done so many episodes about um, compost and how you can get started, but I really encourage you to compost as much as you can and use it in the garden to help feed your plants throughout the growing season, right? A scoop of compost, like a handful of compost, like around your plants, you know, every couple of weeks is going to help give them food. It's going to help protect the soil it's going to you know act as a mulch it is going to help everything grow better so i love compost and i really encourage you to to compost too and you don't need um to be buying a compost bin really um you can make one pretty inexpensively if you've got some chicken wire kicking about and some wooden stakes you can make a composter that way you can make a composter from um wood pallets right there's loads of things that you can make a composter on without having to spend a lot of money. I really like the pallet one. That was always a great option if you spot um, pallets for free. Um, definitely pick them up and you can turn them into the best composter ever. And it was totally free and it's feeding your garden and helping your plants grow too. All right, number eight is preserving food thousands upon thousands of tons of food are wasted every year in the US and Europe. Don't let your harvest go to waste. Learn to can it, freeze it, or dehydrate your harvest so you can enjoy it later in the year. I mean, we made a lot of blackberry jam when we had a bumper harvest last year, and we've been able to share it with friends and family to enjoy as well as ourselves, which is great because this year we don't actually have blackberries. Um, We cut everything back to do some repairs on the um, garden beds. And, um, you know, we don't have blackberries this year, but we're still able to enjoy the ones that we can. Um, same for peaches. There was a bumper um, harvest year on the peaches like uh, three years ago and we canned like crazy. I mean, we literally had laundry baskets filled, like multiple laundry baskets filled with peaches from one tree. Um, We were giving them away. We were leaving them on people's doorsteps. We had so many, um, like way more than we could actually like can as well. Um, But the last three years have been really minimal to no harvests. um, But at least we've been able to enjoy the canned peaches because, you know, we learned early how to preserve them. And that's kind of one of the fun things with homesteading is kind of living in these sort of seasonal, um, you know, cycles. Like, you know, you know, from sort of um, July... August onwards you're kind of in canning season up till you know October maybe early November certainly where I live um and how I plant you know you're in this kind of cool um canning season um which you know that's always where I tend to spend my PTO is taking it off around canning season like the minute that the tomatoes are going ripe like you know I can guarantee I'll be taking like at least one day of PTO just so I can can and get things preserved and it's kind of fun to do that too but also canning meals like stew or soup has actually been really life-changing here when canning season is on we definitely do a massive 
batch of what we call farmer's soup but we also do stews that make really the ultimate fast dinners on busy work nights because you just empty the contents into a pan right so you've got your canned jar dump it into a pan bring it up to a boil and simmer for 10 minutes that's enough time to bang a couple of spuds in the microwave for a quick jacket potato or baked potato um or make a cheese toasty aka grilled cheese um to go with the soup right it's homemade comfort food at its best and it was made from scratch and it's more likely to have a higher nutrient level than a commercially made canned equivalent that you bought at the grocery store Speaking of cooking, let's go on to tip number nine, which is cooking from scratch. And this is really a cheaper way than eating out. So much cheaper than eating out. It's also healthier. It's got less additives, less sugar, less salt. I now batch cook from scratch um, to make meals for the week and make a meal plan and a grocery list, which kind of all go hand in hand to kind of help. But cooking from scratch, I mean, there's there's a lot of skills that you can learn by doing it. You can use like really great ingredients, especially if you're getting it straight from, from the garden. And it tastes so much better too. Like think about, you know, those um, home comfort foods that you had when you were younger and what you loved about them and I can I can almost bet that there are ones that you know were made from scratch they weren't something that was you know from a restaurant um, or something out of a box particularly or you know from the freezer and into the microwave you know uh, like a tv dinner meal or something like that Number 10, the store cupboard challenge. I talked about this at the very beginning and maybe this is one for me to share in the Facebook group for you guys to join in on. Um, if you haven't heard of the store, cup cha- store cupboard challenge, my gosh, getting tongue-tied this morning, um, here's how it works, right? You go through the whole pantry, the kitchen cupboards, and you write down all all the food that you have that's including stuff that's in the fridge and in the freezer you are then challenged not to shop at the grocery store but to make meals only from the ingredients that you already have in the house now this is way easier now because there's websites that you can type in ingredients that you have and then hit search and it gives you recipes that use those ingredients um it's a really great help to not only use up old ingredients that you've got in the cupboard but also helps to save you money from going to the grocery store and I mean my stepson and I recently reorganized our pantry and once we got everything out out of the pantry and onto the kitchen table the counters the bench the chairs even the floor um my stepson actually took a look around and you know he came up to the conclusion himself he's like we don't really need to go to the grocery store for a while um, because there's so many things there that we can make, right? You know, we've got plenty of beans, we've got plenty of rice, like there's lots of, you know, meals that are really ready to go. They just take a little bit of prep work and thinking about um, to get the very best from them. And the store cupboard challenge, I mean, the money that I save from doing the star cupboard challenge was significant and you know the most that i've personally been able to to go without going to the grocery store by doing the star cupboard challenge was four weeks um and it was just four weeks like it was kind of you know a struggle at the end i mean we're talking like ketchup sandwiches um (laughs) at the very end um but i i would love to start a challenge for you guys and see how long you can go how much money you're able to save 
and I would love to see some of your recipes um, that you came up with by doing that. It's like a cool way to get um, really creative with what you already have and that's one of the hallmarks of being a great homesteader is fostering that creativity of well this is what we got how do we make it work number 11 on my money saving um, tips for homesteaders is changing how you shop now cooking from scratch meal planning and a grocery list right we only buy it if it's on the grocery list those are going to start to make a difference in your grocery bill and um, as does where you shop right the grocery store nearest to me is really great for fresh veggies and fruit but is really really expensive um there's another grocery store uh relatively close to me and it has a bunch of coupons and that's really great for that and um, but the choice in produce isn't anywhere as good as like the expensive grocery store um but there's a, a lot more variety that's at this other one now finally there's another store that is the cheapest um, but it's got a limited choice in variety and brands right so there's only like I can't find Posada there or strained tomatoes um, I can only find that at the really fancy grocery store unless I make it myself um, but you know the the great thing is about this this cheaper grocery store it is it has a way better selection of bulk buy ingredients and fresh produce and the produce is a fraction of the cost of the really expensive grocery store so it's definitely worth kind of shopping around and seeing what the price differences are between the stores that are near you um, another thing that i like to do is i like to check out the salvage stores for their grocery bargains um, i picked up a 25 pound sack of quick cook oats um, at the beginning of 2020 and I got it from a salvage store and it was like $20 and um, the oats are still good and I have them every week for breakfast or occasionally cookies but obviously 25 pound sack of quick cook oats for you know 20 bucks at the most um way less than what it is buying you know oats and stuff at the grocery store so buying in bulk actually ends up saving you money if the bulk food can be stored um, properly and used um obviously nobody saves money if you're buying it in bulk and then it doesn't get used or it goes bad before it can um you know it can get used so using that kind of grocery um you know store shopping in different places and you know shopping to your list and your meal plan and then you know occasionally every couple of months maybe doing the store cupboard challenge right like you're going to be able to drive down um the cost that you're spending on food and you're going to be able to make all these wonderful meals from scratch right you know you can have a potluck or have friends over for dinner rather than all going out and having an expensive meal for example that's just what we did actually we went to our friends um we had you know some some drinks um together because you know they brew some pretty awesome beer um and they make amazing food so they did a, a big thing of of paella for us all to enjoy and some really really delicious strawberry shortcake oh my god it was amazing um you know and we were playing games in in the backyard right we we had such a great time we spent way more time together than what we would have done going out to dinner and it cost a fraction of the price too um and spending time with people is always way more fun 
All right, my last tip um, for money-saving ideas for homesteaders is thrifting and repurposing, right? Repurposing and reusing are a solid foundation for any homesteader, right? Whether you've got like a million acres that you're looking after or, you know, you have less than a quarter of an acre because you live in the suburbs, right? so many things can be repurposed into something else and really it just takes your imagination. So here are some examples of things that we have done here. So old clothes can become a quilt or cleaning rags, sheets can become napkins, towels can become on paper towels, right? Old toothbrushes can become part of a shoe cleaning kit or part of your general cleaning tools, right? Old toothbrushes are really great for getting around the back of sink taps and faucets and even the grout or used to clean brass or even, you know, jewelry, right? An old toothbrush is really good at getting like around, you know, if you've got rings with stones in them or intricate designs, like my wedding ring is one of those kind of spinning rings, but it's got a Celtic design on it. So I always seem to get like bits of um, soil and stuff in and around it or paint because I've been painting a lot old toothbrush and a little bit of scrubbing like it's it's done it comes up brand new it's great um i love old toothbrushes for cleaning um what else what else so breaking down if you're breaking down a shed in in the yard um can you repurpose the wood to make something else maybe you could repurpose it to make a bench a chair or even a chicken coop um i've seen furniture that's been converted into something else um i've got a friend who converted a piece of furniture into a rabbit hutch um and a quail coop i've even seen people on pinterest converting furniture into chicken coops that looks awesome um I've seen old cabinets be converted into a solar oven. That was pretty neat when I was down in Texas um, to see that because um, I'd never seen a solar oven before. Um, so that seems to be like a really great way to save money, right? Use the power of the sun to cook food. Um, that was pretty neat. Um, but I've also seen... Um, furniture being converted into a home office or like a hideaway craft room um that's that's pretty neat like there's a you know a space where you can set up your sewing machine or you know there's a arm that comes down that you can do the ironing on like they're pretty pretty cool um i'm looking myself for a cabinet or a wardrobe to turn into a seed drying cupboard with racks and screens right so i'm able to kind of take care of things um a little bit better and not have to worry about one of the dogs knocking things over. Um, paper grocery bags, for example, can be saved to use as a sheet mulch um, or to block weeds, um, or they could be shredded and added to the compost heap. Um, yogurt pots, like if you've got those little single serving yogurt pots, they make great plant starter containers. Just put a seed in there, right? They're, they're tiny and they can be reused to do that. Um, and they work really well doing that, by the way. Um, you could also make your own biodegradable seed starter pots from newspaper um you basically like roll newspaper around something that's cylindrical and then fold in the bottom and just fill it with some seed starting mix and there you go and um, the great thing about that is the um container itself will decompose into the soil whereas if you're reusing a plastic container it's obviously not going to um break down um what else have i seen um 
Oh, you can um, use old food jars to store seeds in, right? That's what most of my seeds are in now. Like certainly the ones that I'm saving myself, they're all in different food jars that I've had from the grocery store because I don't want to can food in those because um, the glass is a lot thinner than it is with a mason jar. Um, but they're perfect for storing seeds and things in. And um, the list really to reusing and repurposing is really endless so get creative right and I would love to know um what your best money saving homestead tip is or some of the the cool things that you have repurposed I would love to know um so let me know over in the Facebook group um I don't bite just make sure if you are not part of the Facebook group that you answer all of the questions that are on there so my team knows that you are not a robot and to let you into the group until next time I hope your garden is growing beautifully and I will see you all next week.